And then there's about the levels of where people are. If you're just a beginner versus someone that's extremely advanced, the programming is going to be based on the same principles and the same metrics, but they're going to be applied quite differently. And so I think the first thing we think about is consistency. How frequently can we get our members to train? How often do they want to train? Because that's probably the biggest driver of long-term adaptations. If I train four times a week, one time the other, and I'm very inconsistent in doing that for a long period of time or I don't train, that's not great for anyone's kind of outcomes and goals. And so we're trying to match what people tell us of how frequently you want to work out one, two, three, four times a week and the what we're programmed because consistent things. That doesn't mean that if we slip up and we go away traveling, we can't work, but that happens. It happens to me as much as anyone else. But over the longer period, we want to kind of help our members drive consistency. I'd say on any goal, that's probably the biggest thing that we're trying to think on. Welcome to the Superset Podcast, episode 51. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. Hello. Hi. I am in a silly mood because we are just a few days away from heading to Disney World. Love Disney. And you know how I get when we are Disney bound. I know. I'm one of those adult Disney people that people make fun of on the internet. And... No, no, no. Because you don't wear the outfits. Okay. Like I if don't, you yeah. wear the outfits, then I'm going to make fun of you. Okay. But enjoying yourself. No, there's nothing wrong I with that. I love Disney. But no, I don't show up in outfits and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, and, the people and do. And honestly, even the people that do, I might chuckle at them, but it's not like I don't like point and laugh. Like, yeah, it's like just whatever. Like... We've all got our jam. <laughs> exactly. So, but I'm a grown up who loves going to Disney World. You are. People want to about that. They can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's just no joy in their life. Correct. Yeah. So we should say before we dig into the show proper that Sculpt and Shred is almost upon us. January 5th. What? No, January would not be almost upon us. January. June 5th. <laughs> Was it J month? Yeah. So uh, get your New Year's resolutions in order. We're trying to give you plenty of time so you're very prepared. If you want to get that beach body ready starting in January, I'm sure that's a way to do it. Whoopsie. But it's actually in June. Sorry. We're now issuing a full retraction. Yeah. June 5th. I'm a little annoyed at Tonal. Like, uh oh. Come on, guys. Didn't you check our vacation schedule yes. before you did this? Because we leave for vacation on the 5th. On June 5th. Because this is the kind of program I typically like. And yeah. so I like programs. Yes. And then I ended the program I was doing, which, contrary to what Tanisha Renee thought, I actually did cycle sync strength to its completion to its completion. Yes, you did. But now I am between programs because I didn't want to start a program and then have to leave it hanging for like a week while I was gone. You know, it's ironic, Tom. What's that? I did not finish the cycle <laughs> sync strength. OK, but here's the deal. Yeah, here's the deal. Okay, I am in perimenopause. Yes, Tom, I am. Like, it's happening. Well, I'm sure eventually that you've been telling me that literally since the day we met. It has not been literally. And we've been on the first the day. date. I no. believe it was in your match <laughs> profile. None of you this were is like, true. Careful, boys. This one's in perimenopause. No. And I had to Google it. It's not true. But it has been going on for a while, but it's starting to really ramp up. Like, really, really ramp up. You've so, been telling so, me that since the Obama administration. <laughs> So get this. Now my cycle ranges from 23 days to 28 days or longer. You never know what you're going to get. Right. It's a fun surprise. So your lady parts are like a box of chocolate. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. So I started this thing on my actual first day of my cycle. But then I got injured in the middle of it. I hurt my back. Then my cycle was only 23 days long. 
So it's now all messed up. Yeah. So I just stopped. It's just like, okay, well, we're leaving in a couple of days. I, just, have, I give up. The new program will be cycle sync strength perimenopause. And it's just a random number of days. It would have been fine. It's just that like you really talked up that third week. And that then I never got to the third rough. week. And then I was like PMSing really bad. And I was like, I don't think I can handle the third week because you're supposed to do this in your fourth week. And so I was like, I don't think I can do this. That third week was no joke now i will say i thought the last week was it was more cardio based and so and they were shorter programs well, I do that or shorter sessions or wow, whatever the hell they're called and so i was kind of like that week for me was kind of like not a big deal because like you not, didn't have your cycle yeah like i'm not trying to be like oh girls i don't mean it like that i just mean like it was just kind of like not what i'm used what i've been doing historically no, i get that and maybe you that, have a little sympathy for those of us who do feel that <laughs> that we need to pull back that much yeah <laughs> but that third week was like woof so <laughs> But, and Fred Tucker agreed yes, that it Fred, was also a wolf. Yes, because Fred Tucker has been doing the same things. He's been mirroring what I do. And he was just like, what in the holy hell have you gotten me into? So what like, are you doing now while you're in between? So I've just been doing one off. So I've been doing the Platinum Six one offs. That's a lot of weight. That's a lot, a lot of volume. Of, a lot of volume. Mm -hmm. Like it's That's what you need to do for like the spinal you wanna... tap. It goes to 11. <laughs> you have been very focused on growing your muscles and that is perfect for you. Because I don't want you to leave me. By the way, I was just on a MetPro call moments before this. Yes. And one of our listeners who happens to be my MetPro client also was like, I just saw a picture of Tom the other day and his muscles are getting so big. <laughs> I swear to God, she said that. I no, swear to God. Just no, I'm up. not. I swear Nobody to God. Nobody on the internet is looking at my muscles. <laughs> She is. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you that that really happened. Well, so that's what you get with tonal and my pro. Because, <laughs> you know, eating's a, a very important component, of right? Of course. Like it's you not can't out-exercise a bad diet. You can't. But anyway, back to... Sculpt and Shred. Sculpt and Shred, which is what I will be starting the day I get back. The day after, let's be the realistic. the day after I get back <laughs> from Disney. I can't wait to try that one. I'm super excited about it, too. And I can't wait to see what this like upper body track and the lower body track. And I need to see it to like fully comprehend what they're talking about. So I can't wait to try that. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's kind of like a choose your own adventure novel. It is. And I love that it's like it's good for everybody, whether you're trying to improve your athletic performance or you're trying to just look good on the beach or you're trying to just lose a little weight. Like anybody can get benefits out of this four week fast track sculpt and shred. So absolutely. It's for everybody. So other than that, what pray tell do you have in store for people this week? Well, we're going to go over some features that I think kind of get lost in the shuffle on tonal. So we're going to talk about that. And we are also going to talk about some tonal highlights and some other new content that's coming when we talk to Troy Taylor. He is going to be visiting with us and we are going to talk about so many things from the Tonal Strength Institute, including new things on the pipeline. So very fun episode coming up. And it's also fun to talk just about the thought process and science that goes into tonal. Oh my God, I love like, it. They're not just like, oh, I guess some biceps, do some curls. Maybe like three reps. Yeah. Or next time do nine. And a bench press maybe. Yeah, sure. sure, yeah. We're done here. Yeah. Like, no, like it is massively scientifically researched and a lot of thought goes into it as to what will work most efficiently for you. So if you kind of like to see how the sausage is made. Which I love. We got some sausage for you. Come take a look at our sausage. That's a tagline. Yes. The super set. <laughs> Come look at our sausage. Come take a look at our sausage. <laughs> well, that's not a sentence I thought you'd ever say. <laughs> so there it there is. You go. Yeah. I think that was on your match profile. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked. <laughs> You're here. So, right back at you, mister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so before we do all that shameless plugs, don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you can find us while you're there. Be sure and follow us so you never miss an episode. You can also leave us a review. That's super helpful. Yes. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash superset podcast. If you start sculpt and shred. Swing by and let us know what you think of it. Or if you've done cycle sync strength, regardless of whether or not you have the parts it's designed for, mm -hmm. let's swing on by and let us know about that. You can also find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash the clip out. That's the name of our other show, but all of our podcasts live on that channel. So please check out that as well, where you can watch all of these. So there's all that. Let's dig in, shall we? We shall. New tonal features. 
So in the interest of full disclosure, that sweeper was a damn dirty lie. Yeah, I feel like that was a little misleading, Tom. But we only have so many made. We, we, so we, we try to think of all the things we're going to need. And then sometimes, sometimes we're, we, need other yeah, things. Sometimes we need other things. So we're actually going to talk right now about maybe some features that you weren't aware of, or maybe you forgot were out there that you could find useful. We thought we would kind of just recap some of those for people because Tonal does a lot of cool, different things that maybe isn't always at the Op- top of your mind. Yeah, I definitely think this is a good idea. I was just talking to a friend of my daughter's and they were going to try out the tonal and they had so many questions and I found that it was kind of hard to remember all of the really cool things it does. So yeah. this is helpful and I will be sending this podcast to them. <laughs> oh, they're not going to listen. Yeah, probably not. No. I mean, they're 16. Yeah, so. they're still teenagers. <laughs> right. There's only so much you can expect. <laughs> okay, well, I'll try. Anyway, So first of all, let's talk about the Tonal mobile app, which, Tom, you're the worst at downloading mobile apps, like any apps. I am. You resist. I do. Why? I don't know. I'm just like, I don't need that app. But you do. I didn't download the app for probably the first two years of using the Tonal. They love hearing me say this, by the way. But hey, you know what? You're still doing better than the Peloton we got down here is doing. Yeah. So still hasn't touched any of those things. Because I was just like, well, I'm at the machine. And when I'm not at the machine, I'm not thinking about this. I don't need this. Yeah. But how many times now have you gone in and looked at things like at least four? (laughs) More than that, you jerk. (laughs) At least five. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) But some of the things that I find we both look at are moves that we did in a particular program. Like, oh, have I done that move? Like something comes up like when we did an interview recently and we were like, what is this like? (laughs) <laughs> that one like a spider and the you go like this <laughs> oh the, the clamshell D- thing the dns star resistant yeah. dns star so going into I call the, that one the here's my junk <laughs> well i like being able to go into the app and see have i done a move so you can go in and you can look at all the moves you've ever done because they have a move library you can also see what moves you haven't done so if there's something that you wanted to check on like there's something you want to try out you right. can do that also and probably more important Being able to see how you've changed over time. So you've progressed. For example, whenever I first started, like my strength score was a lot lower than it is now. When I first started, my strength score was three. (laughs) I think it was four. (laughs) The number of times. It was at least four. The number of times (laughs) you've used the app is how many your strength score was. (laughs) That's not true. But I really like that you can go into the app and you can see like, okay, my strength score, it's improving over time. But you can then drill down into that and see, okay, but how has my upper body increased or how has my lower body increased over time compared to my core? Because we were just talking about this the other day, Tom, you were like, oh, my core is like my weakest area. Right. And then she punched me in my stomach. Right there. She's like, now I know your weak spot. (laughs) But like for me, it's my upper body. Like my core and my lower body are really close together, but my upper body is like, and it sucks because how many times have I told you all the 80s movies I've watched and I realized that like upper body strength is so important. They're always climbing a rope or hanging onto the ledge of a building or or an airplane or a helicopter. helicopter. Yeah, like you need your upper body strength and I am not prepared. But anyway, now Now I know because I can see exactly how far I've come and I still have increased my upper body strength, even though it's not where I want it to be. But they have all these other reports. That's my point. It's very cool. You can also look at any of your workouts and you can see what your heart rate was, your range of motion and your total volume lifted. That is pretty cool because at the end of the year, you get back this like really neat report that it's like, here's how much you lifted over the year. And it's like 7 million pounds for Tom. He like lifted a redwood tree or something ridiculous. I'm not at 7 million. (laughs) I don't know, but you lifted a lot. (laughs) And it's amazing how much every day, like doing something adds up to this mega, mega accomplishment by the end of the year. And seeing those daily, being able to go into your report and look at it and compare what was my heart rate during this workout versus this other workout. It's amazing. Yeah. That's really cool stuff. And you can follow people there. Yeah, you can. You can follow people. And <laughs> I was giggling because Fred Tucker was like, oh, I went crystal to return my follow. And I haven't added a follow in forever. Just because whenever Tonal first released the ability to follow, I went through and followed everybody. Yeah. And I totally have not gone back in in a while. And I followed almost nobody. Yeah. Well, you're just a loner. Just the other day, I just followed my fourth person. (laughs) And that's a real number four. Yes, that's a real (laughs) number four. Not a made up number four. That's an accurate number four. (laughs) 
Also, you can look at your muscle readiness, which we have been talking about a lot in the app because you have been doing the Platinum 6. Well, because I've been doing the one-offs instead of a program, right? right. The programs, I don't have to worry about that as much because the program says, today's your day, go do it. Right. right? When you should I, be ready. Suck right. it up, buttercup. Yeah, like it's already designed for that. But with doing the one-offs, I have to be a little bit more cognizant of like, oh, is it counterproductive for me to work out today or to work out these sets of muscle? So it's really cool because we were talking the other day, like, and this is a good reminder, like green, everything's ready. If it's gray, it's like, you need to be careful. You can still work out, but like, hey, pull him back here. And then when it's red, oh, Lordy, better wait for just a minute. Like, take a breath. Take a moment, take a day. See how I see red is now I got that warrant song stuck in my head. What song? R.I.P. Jenny Lane. I see red. I don't know what you're talking about. I see red by warrant. I got nothing. Okay. It's a good song. Anyway, when I see the muscles are red, I'm like, oh, I don't have to feel bad if I don't do it today. Whatever gets you through. Yeah. Because if that tells you to stop, that's fine. Yeah. But I'm just like, oh, look at that. I've done enough. Well, I can rest guilt free. It's so true. But people also may not realize that let's say that you didn't already have some workouts planned, Tom, like you were like, I still want to work out today, right? even if my muscles are really red. Well, you can go in and you can filter workouts by what muscles you want to do or this is true. filter by what muscles you don't want to do. In your right. case, that's what you would do. And so that's just amazing to be able to do that. So it's broken up by muscle group. It's amazing. And what do you call them? Little guy front and back. My favorite. Yeah. Little and now you got little real guy. Little real guy? Little real guy. Oh, does he look more real than he used well, to? There's little guy front and back. Yeah. And now when it shows you what your next move is going to be is your <gasps> little move, real guy. You get little real guy. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Although it's sometimes a girl. Well, it's a gender neutral guy. Okay. Doing That's the a move? thing. Yeah. Okay. It's, it could be either or. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but you can say guys in a gender neutral I know. Way. I know. I'm sorry. That's I'm just I mean. being silly. <laughs> I hang out with teenagers too much. Yes. They're very concerned about these things. They are. Yes. I have been accused of misgendering a dog before, so (laughs) I have to be careful around here. (laughs) And another thing that you can do is the tonal smart view. So this is really cool. And this is another one you still have not tried, Tom. I have not. But I have. And it's super easy. All you do is pull up the tonal app when you're going to do your workout and your tonal will automatically connect to your phone. And then you place your phone nearby so that you are in view while you're doing your workout and if you have a form correction tonal saves it and then sends it to you afterwards so you can see what you were doing so no more of like bonk and then you're like what's it say and then you turn around and it's gone right yeah or it's there but you don't know what you were doing wrong because you couldn't see compared to it now you can see the form correct plus if you are able to put it in an angle where you can see yourself next to the tonal you can also check your form the whole time so you can see like oh this is how i look compared to how the trainer looks i'm doing it right or oh that's not right at all let me try (laughs) again (laughs) so when people ask does the tonal look at you the answer is yes but only if you want it to that is absolutely true and there's a little camera at the top and you have to opt in to be able to have the camera in use and you also can get one of those little tiny screen camera covers and yeah that that way you don't have to worry about if you remembered or not if you have something you don't want them to see yeah so if you put your tonal in your bathroom for some reason yeah i don't know why you would do that but you're chuck berry Well, I mean, I just feel like the steam would be really bad for the tunnel. That's true. Don't do that. (laughs) And also, when we talked earlier about recovery, we didn't talk about one of my other favorite things, and that is active recovery. Again, Tom, let's say you were like, no, 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 I want to work out anyway. Well, another thing you can do is you can go into tonal and you can choose full rate, full weight for any workout or recovery weight. And what that does is it turns any workout on the tonal into a recovery workout by lowering it. I believe it's 60% of what your full weights typically are. This is fantastic, not only from where you're sore, but also when you have an injury or if you have been hit by a car and you are coming (laughs) back. Yeah, it does. And you're coming back from an injury and you need to dive into things slowly. Yeah. Excellent. And you can still follow along with any program. Also good if you are following along with, let's say, a Stacey Sims type of program. Right. And you want to have your really, really hard days and you want to have your easy days, but you still want to follow along with the instructors. This is another great way to do it. Okay. That's a good example. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, and this is a fun one. This is trying out your tonal through the home demo experience. So now any of our tonals can be turned into a demo. So that means if you have somebody come over and they're like, oh, I want to try this. What is this contraption you have? Yeah. What's this thing in your bathroom? This iPad on your wall. Yeah. Is that a mirror? Then you can, first off, you've been using tonal so you can wrestle them to the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, do that. So this is really cool because you can have a person try all the things that Tonal does. Your digital weights, they can try out the different kind of like your chains mode, the eccentric mode. They can try out all those things. So they have a one minute demonstration that does a single move and a taste of Tonal workout with three moves. The Tonal automatically calibrates the resistance to their ability level, just like when you originally did your strength assessment. And this lets someone who's new to Tonal know just how it feels to adjust those weights in real time. So I love that. That's awesome because a lot of people are they're maybe they're not familiar with Tonal or they've heard of it, but it's not super easy to go find one in the wild. So it's a great way to pull them in yes, to your world. Yes. It's a great way to be a salesperson for your own machine. I mean, you never want to stop talking about it anyway. Yeah. I don't. Maybe that's just me. Lastly, we need to remind people that... <laughs> hidden little nugget in the tonal world. We love nuggets. You can refer your tonal to friends and family and they get $125 off of their tonal purchase. And then you as the member get $60 off of your membership. So basically a whole free month of membership. How cool is that? Yeah. And you can also, I don't know, are these stackable? Can they also use our promo code? Well, I think that they can because that is just a referral. So I don't know. Not when you're first buying it. I don't think you can. Okay. Then we won't say it here. Yeah. Okay. But if you didn't have a friend that referred it to you, you could still use promo code the clip out and get $100 off of your purchase. But you can't stack it. In case you missed it. We also wanted to remind you, we've been talking about these every episode, that Tonal likes to spotlight real life members. And not too long ago, they spotlighted, that's a word. <laughs> sure. John Sill. Yeah. So I guess whenever he had his kids, yeah. he got kind of out of the fitness like rhythm. Sure. If they're time consuming oh, and I they're know. selfish, I know. kids are the worst. I know. <laughs> <laughs> God love him. Uh, So this is all about his comeback that he got back into fitness. And he was able to do that because Tonal is so amazing. You can do it at home. You don't have to go to the gym. When you have children, that is a huge, huge time saver. Absolutely. And he loved to lift. So like he wasn't a person who was just like, I'll just hop on the bike. No, he wanted to lift. So this allowed him to be able to do that. Yeah. And it looks like the one picture was him making muscles with each of the kids hanging off there. So (laughs) it clearly worked. Yeah, he's doing okay. Yeah. (laughs) Checking in with the Tonal team. Joining us today via the magic of Zoom 2 from Tonal, it's Troy Taylor, the Senior Director of Performance Innovation. Did I get that right? You did get that right. Well done, Tom. He told that to me 10 seconds ago, and I was like, we have to restart recording (laughs) right now, or I will not remember that title. You did great, Tom. I'm very proud of you. Just a little peek behind the curtains, because people think I have it so together. Right. You come across as the the brains behind everything. Right. I'm the together of the two of us, (laughs) and you're just along for the ride. Yeah. 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 That's that's it. Thanks for having me on. (laughs) It's like, do you need me for this? Exactly. <laughs> well, it's your second time here. You kind of yes. knew what you were getting into. That's true. <laughs> so, Troy, welcome back. It's been a little bit since you were here. Last time you were here, it was just before the TSI summit, or it was just after the TMI summit, no, where people reveal TSI. intimate details oh, dear. about the what? <laughs> I said, oh dear. Oh, <laughs> took less than sixty seconds. We it's, took a left turn. Yeah. This is like, so what did Joe Rodonis tell everyone? <laughs> <laughs> like to know. But in all seriousness, what have you been up to since then? Yeah, I, I can't remember if it was trying to think before, if it was just before or just after the TSI summit. But it's obviously been a busy, probably twelve months or so. Really spreading the work across the performance team across three areas continuing to work closely with our product teams and our designers on software on new product releases. So things like when we released SmartView back in December, November or December, sort of team playing in there, when we're releasing things like Custom by Tonal and sort of new features that we're doing around there and teams around that piece. 
continuing to work closely with our coaches on programming and the content and curriculum side to make sure that we've got fun and innovative new programming, like the four-week fast track program that we did in January and the new one coming up, uh, Sculpt and Shred in the summer. So lots of work on there. And then continuing to work on some of the TSI pieces around research and thought leadership and pieces around there. We announced, I think it was probably five or six projects back at the TSI summit. So working with those academics in terms of getting those studies completed, they're now all done. Sort of collating those results as they go through like peer-reviewed publication processes. It's a slow winding road to somewhat, but most of those are in that process now, while also starting some of our own data dives into Tunnel's world's largest strength databasing and sharing some of those coming up. So yeah, really fun and busy 12 months for me and my team. I didn't do all of that. I actually did a relatively small part. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take credit for that work, much like Tom does for this podcast. Precisely. He's got you figured out, Tom. That's why we get along so well. It is. It is. Because well, he's been on here before. So last time he saw the inner workings and, and he was like, oh, I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I aspire for that level yes. of uh, laziness. You can say it. I'm like the human COVID equivalent of laziness. Oh, goodness. I just spread. Oh, you just my, spread? Yes. Oh, goodness. Oh, geez. Well, Since Troy is not spreading, I'm curious. It sounds like you did a lot. Like your whole team did a lot in 12 months. All those exciting research topics. We talked about so many of them kind of in depth the last time you were on, but you said they're done now. So I want to know if there's any updates. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I won't go through them all because we could kind of just cover those. But some of them, I think I'll probably highlight. We did a project with Peak Performance Project P3 out of Santa Barbara that was specifically looking at our eccentric mode and more athletic performance. And really, like eccentrics has been an elite athlete tool for a long time, but it's really tough to do. So essentially what we did is a, a sort of training study with them. They took in a bunch of college-led basketball players, put them through various different protocols around eccentric. And, and really the results indicate that Tonal's eccentric works just as well, if not a little better than traditional eccentric moding, as improving the markers that improve a jump performance. So that project, I think, is in the process of being publicized right now or publication peer-reviewed. Uh, the scientific way of getting research literature out of there. So that's super exciting. We did a project at the University of Rhode Island, and which was looking comparing tonal compared to machine-based resistance. And we saw really nice increases in strength and power and performance with tonal compared to machine with things. More interesting than that to some extent, while that's pretty interesting, we saw much higher levels of engagement and enjoyment with training with tonal, which I'm not overly surprised with. But I think that's an interesting angle. It's great to get big gains, things, but we need to enjoy our training and certainly saw higher levels of engagement. And a bunch of their participants even buying tonal, that oh. they've been like, oh, I love this device. It's like, maybe it's the sales technique, but it was, yeah. it was a research project with some sales. So that was super exciting. And that's also in the publication. And then I'm curious, so do these work like regular studies where you took one group of people and you put them on a tonal and you took one group of people and you put them on free weights or a Nautilus or something like that? Yeah, and this is independent third party. So I just get the result. I and my team are not involved in the study. The University of Rhode Island or P3 or any of the projects, the teams that ran, they run them completely independent. So we give them some money to run the study. Right. We agree on a broad topic and then they go and run it. And the results are what the results are. We don't get to choose what they are. Or we don't get to insert uh, they send as a final report of these are the things that we found. But I think that was a two-subject group study. So it's the different groups, 12 to 15 participants. They would train for about four to eight weeks, if I remember correctly, on machine weights, doing very similar exercises to tonal. And then another group would train on tonal. And essentially, they test on both pieces of equipment at the end. And okay. what we saw is tonal training sort of increased performance on tonal, but also increased performance on the machine-based performance, whereas the machine weights only kind of increased to a small extent on machine and didn't really increase on tonal, sort of crossover studies. So independent studies where there's two separate groups and they run through there. And then later this month, actually, or early next, depending on when this is published, but June 2nd, the American College of Sports Medicine, which is a big conference for the fitness and health community. And we're going to be presenting some of our own internal data and sharing some of that. So we've done some analysis. We've done one project on four-week fast track 
January 2022. So okay. that shows you how long the academic process takes. But looked at live virtual workouts compared to on-demand workouts and the relative increases in cohorts that did that. Are you saying that people work harder on one than another? People make great gains either. Okay. We found that, if you can remember all the way back then, because I know you took part, Tom, there was a benchmark workout at the start and the end of that sort of four-week fast track. And we saw greater improvements, slightly, not massively, but both groups made big improvements between the mark workout at the start and the end. But the group that did primarily live workouts made greater workouts than the ones that did slightly on demand, which I think is an interesting take on a thing. Exactly the same workout, same suggested weight, same thing, but something about the community element of doing it live. Maybe there was some slightly greater results in that. So we're publishing that and sharing that. We also have done an analysis on essentially estimations of one maximal strength, estimated one RNs. And so we took a big section of our membership and then we looked at people that had done neutral grip deadlift and bench pressing. So one, they'd done at least 20 of those sets and we looked at their estimated strength. And first of it, we just looked at how does strength and power change over lifespan? So we looked at a bucket from like, 20 to 30 rods, 30 to 40, 40 to 50, 50 to 60, 60 to 60 plus, I think was the, the, the last bucket. And there's a fair amount of research in the more traditional sense that shows that strength generally increases a little bit up to around 30 to 40, and then decreases by one-ish percent a year, 10% every decade for the rest of your life. Power does a similar profile, but decreases about twice as much. That's generally been studied. They study strength by grip strength. It's not a particularly practical method, or it's a very small group. We took, I think, something like 15,000 of our members in looking at this, and we show exactly the same profile, which I think it gives it valid ways that our estimations, because this is just training data. We're not actually physically testing. Our training data shows a very similar trend, which gives us confidence. But then we wanted to go a step further, and we saw that how does strength and power change with tonal training? Just across the board, looking at, I don't know what you did on training, you could have been doing our programs, you could have been free lifting, just what are normal changes for people over that period of time? And what we consistently see, doesn't matter if you're 20, 30, 40, 50, or even 60, we start to seeing about 20, 25% increases in strength and about 50% increases in power over about the eight weeks before we measured your maximal increase. So we're seeing nice increases in strength and power, more significant increases in power than strength, which has really some really interesting implications for active, healthy aging. There's a really big movement around the role of strength training in healthy, active aging, but particularly the role of power. It's power that allows you to walk upstairs. It's power that allows you to get out of your chair after you've been sitting for a while. It doesn't seem like power, but it is that sort of force times velocity component. And so we see really nice increases. And we actually see a slight trend for relatively large increases in some of our oldest members. So they start from a lower baseline because they're deep of age-related declines. But we can really show that Tonal makes some really big improvements in people's strength and power across all age ranges. But I'm most excited about some of the increases that we see in some of our oldest members and the potential implications for that score has for their health and wellness and their health span as much as lifespan. We all want to live a long time, but we want to live really healthy, active lives. And to be able to show that Tonal Training helps improve that is pretty awesome, I think. It's really exciting to think about that. I feel like there's a lot of people that are older right now. I think that this is changing through younger generations, but people who are like in their 60s and older now, there's a lot of people that feel like they can't get stronger. Like that time has passed them. So to hear the, the proof of the exact opposite is so exciting to me. I love hearing that. And I hope more people take that to heart. Because I genuinely believe that one of the things that, like you said, it keeps us young longer. So that's really awesome for people to be able to do. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Like, yes, it would be great if you were starting from a higher baseline, you've been training your life, like for sure, I'm going to promote. But if you have, it is definitely not too late to start. And we show these increases in strength and in power from some of our quote unquote weakest users relatively, making some of the biggest increase step post-menopausal and the ideal hormonal state to put on much of basement, but they're getting stronger, they're getting more powerful, both males and females across all things. And yeah, I think that's got super exciting implications. So when it comes to the research that you've done so far, how does Tonal approach training and programs that are impacting 
this wide variety of members because you have people that are in that postmenopausal, but you also have people in their 20s and 30s. It's a really, I'm going to say unique opportunity because I think it's super exciting for someone like myself that loves health and fitness and wellness and my entire team and all the coaches and everyone that works on it. I think the scale and scope of the membership base is, is hugely exciting, if a little challenging in terms of how do you do that. I think number one, you have to start it from principles of training and sort of understanding what are the key principles of training that generally apply across the board. And then we get for levels and goals and age groups and ranges and capabilities or experience. And so while there's lots of principles of training that go into it, the three that I most sort of primarily at the front of my mind when we're thinking about tunnel programming at a high level would be something like called specificity of training, the principle of specificity. And the sort of the flip side of that is transferability. And this principle of specificity generally says or says that you get better at the things that you do. If I squat for 10 repetitions a lot, I get better at squatting it for 10 repetitions. It makes me, it transfers a little bit to squatting for 15 to 20 reps. And it may only transfers a little bit to repping for squatting for say three to five reps. But it mostly works on the specific thing, that the task that I'm working. And so when we're designing programs, we were thinking, okay, what kind of outcomes are our members looking for? And are we designing that? That works from a a rep range point of view, like the 10 reps example, but it's also about the exercise selection. So squatting helps you improve squatting. There is some evidence to suggest that more complex movements transfer better to simpler movements than simpler movements transfer to complex movements. So if I was squatting for 10 reps, that would make me better at squatting for 10 reps, actually makes me better at leg pressing for 10 reps too. I get stronger in both. But the reverse is not true. If I do a simple movement like leg pressing, it doesn't actually make me any better at squatting. So when we're designing programs, we're often thinking about how do we get the maximum transferability out of how this might work? So we're thinking, yes, we want to do the specific task that we're doing, but we're also thinking about how is this most likely going to transfer to the end goal that people are trying to do. So that's what principle number one is around specificity and transferability of training. Principle number two is around individuality. And that basically states that we all respond differently to the same stimulus. Tom is what we would call an easy gainer. He just <laughs> looks at a weight and he's like, men's health cover magazine. <laughs> doesn't even need to work. Doesn't matter what he is. Just he just, that's, he responds. Bam. So this is very theoretical. (laughs) (laughs) There are other people that respond very differently to that same training stimulus and don't respond as well or don't respond differently. And there was a study that I tend to quote when making this point. It was at Hubble in 2005. And they had quite a big data set at the time. It was about 500 people. I just said tunnels data would be a small subsection of our membership being 15,000. This was 500, like the biggest study that's ever been done in research at that time. But they basically put untrained people 18 to 40 years old on the same training program and the same 12 weeks, same set, same reps, same exercises. And they showed that like the range of sort of changes in people, some people untrained lost 2% strength. What? And other people increased by 250%. And a wide range of occurrences between them. We all respond slightly differently to the same training stimulus. This consists of, it's a bell curve to an extent in that there's a range where most people respond, but easy gainers or hard gainers more likely to respond to something. So there's this principle of individuality. So when we're thinking about, well, how do I program for so many thousands of people it's talking about number one yes we do most of our in what the research and what our evidence would say most people respond to that's where we're going to spend most of our time and effort but making sure we've got stuff that's at the top end and range and sort of um, maybe higher volume or higher intensities for people that require that and people at the bottom end that need lower intensities or lower volumes and to make sure that to make sure we've got the individuality across that and then how do we recommend or suggest that people take programs that they're most likely to respond to and then the third principle sort of when thinking about holistically is the concept of progressive overload the idea that we need to challenge our body in order for our body to want to respond If I squat 10 reps with 50 pounds and I get quite good at that and I keep doing that same exercise again and again for the same number of sets, same number of reps, same number of rest periods, 
I'm unlikely to get a lot stronger, a lot better, a lot bigger muscles. I might get a little more efficient at that movement pattern, but other than that, I don't. And so the idea when we see programming is we will generally progressively overload the program. So the first week of the program might be a little less reps than the second or third week of the program, or we might increase the intensity. So we're lifting heavier weights. Or we might decrease the rest period. So I'm kind of working harder in a shorter period of time, the density of training. But we're trying to progress people over that as through a training program. So they're sort of making those constant progressions. So those are sort of like the three overarching principles when I and my team think about training to have like, okay, well then how then do we apply those principles to different levels and goals and variety? But hopefully that gives some context. Yeah. Now I know why you started putting in those new Bulgarian split squats that you got to do with the rotation. It's got to make it harder. They're a movement complexity progression because Bulgarian split squats aren't complicated enough as it is. And they're just easy. Now we want a little rotation. (laughs) I I felt like you've had data points that said, oh, people get 3% more gains when they're cussing. I said on the last episode that those should not be called Bulgarian split squats. They should be called Bavarian split squats because you're like a pretzel. (laughs) Yeah. The internal rotations, it's actually a really functional athletic movement. Like it's actually a position you get into a lot when you're trying to run and do things like it's uh, not an easy move and it wouldn't be in many of our beginner programs. For something like improved fitness, we're looking to try and improve the complexity of the movement. Some people in with that goal are looking to get more skill acquisition, more motor control, and it's a way that we can progress that. I'm personally still on the straight Bulgarian split squat sound <laughs> with a little cussing of Joe or whoever happens to be coaching me at that time. But there are some people that are a little more skilled in movement than I am. See, that's where you say like, well, I'm just testing to make sure our move replacement feature is still functioning. Properly. Right, right. Yeah. There, there is always that option. I get some form feedback on how I'm not doing it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> that's a tough one because to get the bench the exact right depth for the dip And then to make sure that you're leaning forward just enough to get pressure on both legs. That's a tough one. It is a lot happening there. It's a highly complex movement. It is one of the movements that when you do do it and you feel right, it clicks. Yes. You know when you're doing it wrong too, but when you feel right, you're like, oh, that actually, you go internal (laughs) as you go down, you externally rotate as you go up. I feel balanced and controlled. And then that's for a rep or two. And then I struggle for the rest. We'll we'll see how the rest go. (laughs) Then you conk your head on the screen and you're like, I don't think I'm doing this properly. I'm going for the assisted one where you hold on and a little extra balance support. I'll do that like for the first one just to get myself kind of acclimated and then I'll let go. That's a good idea. Two and then I'm starting to fall again. I have to grab. Go back. Balance is not your strong no. thing. You need more balance exercises, Tom. That's the thing. Got to do the things you dislike the most. Progressive overload. It's something where you have to start, you know, you start with lunges or split squats or something simpler. And over time, we get better. Our body responds. We get better at single leg balance. And this time when I'm on next year, repping out Bulgarian internal rotation split squats. No, but this time next year, I will have convinced you to change the name (laughs) to to Bavarian split squats. (laughs) <laughs> just, just delete those off of oh. my <laughs> So if a lot of members from Tonal want to build more muscles, how do you go about working with the coaches to build programs specifically for them? It is the largest, if we were going to bucket our goals, the largest portion of our members do have the goal to build muscle and we're a resistance machine. So that makes sense. I would say Myself and the coaches, as we're thinking about that, obviously the principles that we talked about, and then there's about the levels of where people are. If you're just a beginner versus someone that's extremely advanced, the programming is going to be based on the same principles and the same metrics, but they're going to be applied quite differently. And so I think the first thing we think about is consistency. How frequently can we get our members to train? How much often do they want to train? Because that's probably the biggest driver of long-term adaptations. If I train four times a week, one time the other, and I'm very inconsistent in doing that for a long period of time or I don't train, that's not great for anyone's kind of outcomes and goals. And so we're trying to match what people tell us of how frequently you want to work out one, two, three, four times a week and what we're programmed because consistent things. That doesn't mean that if we slip up and we go away traveling, we can't work, that happens. It happens to me as much as anyone else. 
But over the longer period, we want to kind of help our members drive consistency. I'd say on any goal, that's probably the single biggest thing that we're trying to think on. And then as it comes back to sort of building muscle, the research and the programming that we'll kind of look to say is probably the biggest driver of building muscle is the amount of volume that you do per muscle group. And so if you want to build bigger chest, the more sets of chest you do, somewhat linear to a point and then it plateaus off, the more gains you will make. Now, my earlier point of individuality, my upper limit might be 15 sets a week. And that's where I hit my upper limit. And after then, I make smaller gains or I make no gains or I actually I go over my maximal recovery volume. It's actually detrimental for me. Crystal here, she can do 25 sets a week in terms of before for her, she maxes out there. But this volume of increasing volume on a volume. So we want to make sure there's a lot of volume or a decent amount of volume. And that's generally based on other principles for our beginners, lower volumes, and our more advanced people, there'll be higher volumes. And that's really based on our principle of diminishing returns. Essentially, once we get stronger, it takes a bigger stimulus to get a change in adaptation. But we're looking to have volume in the program. Sets per week is the easiest way to think about that. But you could think about just the volume of lifted sets times reps times weight. The amount that we lift over time needs to be pretty high. And that's probably going to be the biggest driver of hypertrophy. Then we're going to be thinking around proximity to failure. And this is where we oh, are. She's sitting right next to me. So she's very prox- <laughs> <laughs> proximatist. Maybe it's your failure, not to her. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> But we have this great suggested weights algorithm that gets you really close to failure without taking that 92% of the time, I think is the acceptance rate or somewhere around there. So we have this idea of getting you quite close to that range of failure, which is the perfect spot. If you do a set of 10 and like you rated it five out of 10, that would suggest you could do at least 15 or more reps of that. It probably doesn't stimulate hypertrophy, muscle growth, is the same as getting close to failure. Going to failure is a bit of a double-edged sword. There are some benefits to it. It's not bad, and it does elicit decent amounts of hypertrophy, but it's also really fatiguing. And so it's not, not and a tool you... it hurts your feelings. It does hurt your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does. And so you don't want to go there all the time. Something that you should be used selectively, maybe the last set and burnout or on like things... Probably, if you're just first getting into building, into strength training, how you going to, probably going to try and keep you away from failure more than you're doing divide and conquer two with Joe or something like that. Well, yeah, you're going to get there and you're going to like it. <laughs> and there's an expectation of working hard, but we are trying to work in that kind of range. Top three to five reps from failure, maybe one to two occasionally and going there. So sort of proximity to failure would be another sort of key parameter when we're thinking about building muscle. I think that's really smart, though, to get people close, but not completely fit because I mean, I'm joking about it hurting your feelings, but I'm also dead serious because like, you feel like you failed because you did. And especially if you're new to it, yep. you don't perceive that as the goal. You perceive that as, well, I suck at this and I shouldn't do it anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there's an element and you'll notice like. Again, shouldn't probably be in a ton of beginner program, more likely to be in some of our advanced program. But what our coaches do an incredible job is coaching you through it. Hey, the expectation is here is you will be using burnout mode because you will fail or spotter is going to kick in and making sure that we sort of understand and contextualize. Yes, it's not maybe going to feel that great, but there's a purpose toward to doing this. We're not just doing this to make you feel bad. But it's a selective tool that we can use to sort of, sort of help drive adaptations. And I think the coaching role of that to set expectations for members is super important. And I'll be honest, suggestive weights gives us a huge advantage in doing that. It makes it really, really easy. There was actually a research study came out last year by James Steeles and colleagues at Southampton. But people, when they go into a gym, they select on average, I think it was 50 to 55% of that one RM. Doesn't matter if they're doing six reps, 12 reps, or 20 reps. They kind of select roughly on average the same percentage. Most people are not going anywhere near close to their failure. So they're not getting anywhere near kinds of the stimulus that they need to grow. And then you wonder, I've been training for six months and I didn't make any changes. And it's probably, I would say, a large part of my interpretation is because they never really select the right load for the number of reps that they're lifting. I think suggestive weights really helps us out to get us in the zone more often than not. 
And then there's many other variables that I think play into that. One of the ones that I play around with, and if you've seen any of my custom bitonal programming is, I love to play around with rep ranges for building muscles. And so the old theory five, 10 years ago was that muscle building happens best in eight to 12 reps. And anyone that wants to build muscles, that's like, you only work in that range and that is what, where you get your best. And there is nothing wrong with working that range. But what research now shows is you can build muscle with probably as low as five or six reps or as many as 25 to 30 reps as people are cussing my name or yeah. the coaching guy thing as the 25 reps in. Who wants um, there to are do higher that? levels of displeasure <laughs> with 25 reps and up. <laughs> Definitely more swearing occurs. We got things but, to do, man. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to be but, effective but or not, Tom? <laughs> There's good evidence that working across a wide spectrum of rep ranges simulates slightly different parts of hypertrophy. So you get slow twitch hypertrophy, fast twitch hypertrophy. You hit different me- potential mechanisms of hypertrophy, mechanical tension, metabolic stress, muscle damage. So there's this kind of way of playing around, which I find interesting, Tom, not painful. <laughs> interesting. It makes the workout kind of fun to have these wave variations of loading. It might be within a training session or between training sessions or even between weeks. But I like to play around with this wide range of rep ranges within a building muscle kind of program to make sure that we sort of challenge all aspects of the muscle. And to go with that becomes all different planes of motion. So you get slightly different activation of an incline fly versus a mid fly versus a decline fly. On tonal, you can hit them all. So let's like, we can program in varieties of movements that allow us to do that. So we sort of play around with lots of different types of movements. So it's working the same muscle, but in a slightly different way. And you'll often see in like the first couple of weeks of a program versus the last couple of weeks of a program, we might substitute out our move. And it's primarily for that. It's working the same muscle group, but we're working at a slightly different angle or plane of motion, which will stimulate a slightly different pathway of hypertrophy or building muscle. So those are probably some of the biggest things we think around. I love that last piece that you talk about, about mixing things up, because whenever I do programs that involve the different rep structures or slightly different movements, like it keeps me more engaged with the program. And I like the fact that you're still using the same muscles, but like you said, you're hitting it from different directions and you're trying it in different ways. I really enjoy that as a user. I feel like that's like the best of both worlds. You're getting to do the same work over and over again to see that improvement, but you're also getting to do something a little bit different to keep it a little more interesting. So I'm a fan. To point number one, consistency, right? It's we have data and there is evidence suggest that some people and the majority, but they like some variety. Yeah. And so our ability to weave that into the program makes it, I think, hiring more likely to be engaged. There was a portion like when you come out of school and you're like, this is the best way to do it. But yep. it might be the best way to get a physiological response. But if no one wants to train that way, right. does it get the best results for the members? And I think what we get to play around is we want to match the best of the physiology with what our members are telling. We really enjoy this style of training. And that's where the magic happens. I love that. On that note, can you tell us about anything exciting in the pipeline, maybe? A little bit? Oh, let's <laughs> say hi. I always used to get in trouble with Kate on Tonal Talk at this point. Because I'm like, have we dropped this feature yet? Or are that program? And I get myself in trouble. I'm going to try and not do that today. Okay. Well, she's uh, gone. So you're safe. <laughs> yeah, she cannot yell at you anymore. She can't yell at you, but I assure you someone can. <laughs> Don't get yourself in trouble, Troy. <laughs> Troy will not be coming back on the show. He no longer works for Tonal as he's giving away trade secrets. Let's not go. But no, I think obviously... We did announce, I think the big thing for all of us internally and externally, the four-week fast fat challenge, the Sculpt and Shred, June 5th, that program launch. I'm super excited about that. I and the coaches and Jenna, who's on my team, are really sort of put a lot of work into programming and created something we think the members are really going to love. And it's a really interesting program because what we're doing is we didn't take a straight get lean. It's a get lean program. Summer's coming. People want to maybe shed a few pounds kind of things. But we took this approach of it's two days of what we might call more traditional strength training and two days of more high intensity interval training. We dropped some stuff to German body composition training and German ascending velocity training, some novel ways of doing it. So it's a new program style that gets the best of both worlds in our pace. So you're going to get the calorie burn and the high intensity energy and the fear from the hit days, 
but you're going to make sure that you're building or maintaining muscle mass through the strength training day. So I'm super excited about that program. The coaches did an incredible job sort of pulling that together. So I think that's going to be super exciting come June 5th-ish when that launches. But I know we've announced that because I've seen the adverts. Um, <laughs> that is true. I'm not in I trouble. That, <laughs> I think that's good. I think I talked about the sort of the custom bitonal. We launched that initially in January. I love this program because it's a member driven. It was one of the feedback Fridays. Hey, we'd love this sort of more like coach light version of us, maybe a bit quicker in terms of our programming. And so we launched it in January. It's pretty bare bones. We launched a program. We asked for additional feedback. We got some emails. We made a couple of changes. We released some more and we sort of went on and did that till I think earlier this week, Akeem's was the first program. Coach Akeem dropped a two week. It's called Shock Push-Pull Legs or Shock PPL. Shock. Um, Oh, that sounds scary. (laughs) Yeah, it's based off something called the Poliquin Shock Method, which involves the first block has six reps and then 12 reps and then 25 reps. It's got lots of variety for you. That would shock me. You, yeah, you eat sharks kind of things, and then you go on to the rest of the training sessions. So, okay, walk in the park up that. But it's a two week program. Coach Akeem is doing the stand ups and the introductions. Then it's into the custom experience, and it's just been really fun and exciting to work on that and get lots of member feedback. Now you had the mini coach in the sort of the mini things, the full screen. We've added in the coach. We've added in warm ups. We're sort of playing around and taking lots of member feedback on how we build that out. And so now we release the first program and we continue to sort of continue to iterate, take more feedback and take more learnings as we build that into sort of a new additional content format, a new wave to enjoy tonal. Some people that maybe more do more custom and free lifting might enjoy. People that are doing programming like to mix in and do some of that. It's just another option, another way to provide value to our members and to do that. So I'm super excited about that sort of that program that's releasing and that sort of pathway ahead. So those are a couple of the ones that I'm allowed to talk about, but there's some other fun product-related stuff that I will not get fired for today. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, we will, we will wait to your next visit to well, find out more. I feel like if there's 25 reps, I'm going to need more than two weeks to complete that program. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just that set. Right. Precisely. It's one rep a day, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this is too long. I don't have time. Burnout mode is on. Yeah, yeah. that kind of thing is intended I, to be used. I bet you need it. But I love the two-week programs because like, we're going to be out of town in a few weeks. And so it's those two-week ones are kind of perfect to like drop in whenever yeah. a four-week ends at a weird, awkward time. So I like those two-week little... Yeah, I think there's such value in all the different contacts. It might be a one-off workout. It might be a two-week program or a four-week program. I mean, we have some in between that because people's schedules are are varied. Again, it goes back to the, like, I personally, as a physiologist, and I put my sort of, you know, academic hat on, well, this is the best way to, that's not how my life works. I need a lighter program this week, or I only have a week before I travel for that ACSM conference. And so, yeah, providing variety, I think, is is absolutely essential. And so it's fun to work on those different projects. I love that. And I love keeping it real for people because I think sometimes people get in their head about the black and white thinking where it's like, I must do this four-week program. I can't stop in the middle and do this other thing or whatever. I love Oh, I'm like that. I would never stop in the middle. (laughs) You have to sometimes. Yeah, Yeah, in academic, like we call it flexible cognitive restraint. If you have very strict, like, I must do this workout every day or this, what we find is if you fall off the wagon, you're off. Flexible cognitive restraints. Hey, I want to do this, but sometimes I go and eat pizza more than I probably should. That's okay. I might do a little lower tomorrow. And I have this ability to adapt. Sometimes I train really hard. I hit all everything that I wanted to. Sometimes something came up and my kid woke me up at 3am and I can't do it. And it's all about not falling off the wagon and staying off the wagon. And I think the flexible cognitive restraint in sort of things, but the flexibility within that is super important in just sticking with exercise regimes because it's not always easy. We all have some highs and some lows and some pieces. And so, yeah, having that flexible cognitive piece to it and then the programming that allows you to be flexible is sort of the, the combination. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I guess before we let you go, let everybody know where they can find you, assuming you want to be found. <laughs> Yeah, since we started, I started an Instagram account, Strength Science Troy. 
I started in December. I will be honest. I posted every day between December and March and burnt myself out. I've been taking a little, <laughs> you a little need downtime. Cognitive, flexible Instagram <laughs> thing. <laughs> exactly. I'm 10 years late to this. Let's throw everything I've ever thought about at it. But I'm starting to ramp that back up on a more, let's say, a realistic approach. And once or twice a week, uh, how we do that. So that's Strength Science Troy is my Instagram account. And then we still have the TSI section on the website, on Tonal. And those are the places where you can most find me. Wonderful. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Troy. This was super informative. And I already can't wait to have you back on to pick your brain some more. So thank you. Happy to. I really appreciate you having me back on. Of course. We always enjoy it. <laughs> Thanks for carrying the load, Tom, as always. That's what I do. I'm a load carrier. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that brings this episode to a close. Until next time, where can people find you? Disney World. Well, yeah, that's where I'll find you. <laughs> <laughs> For anybody else, though, yes. uh, you can find me. Because that's an expensive access, it right? It really is. $100 and they got to hope they pick the right park. That's true. On yeah. the right day, at the right time. Yeah. We're quick. So good luck tracking us down. But if you want to do it a different way, that's easier. You could go to Facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. You could go to Instagram. You could go to Twitter or check me out on the tonal leaderboard at Clip Out Crystal. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online at Facebook.com slash Superset Podcast. And oh, you can find me then on tonal at Tom O'Keefe because I'm very, very creative. Anyway, that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep lifting. Superset is made possible in part by support from Tonal.